Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby. This is session number 218, and we have a special guest on the podcast today to talk about using multiple scanner radios and how they use multiple scanners. I want to welcome back to the podcast, Joe Curtis. And again, Joe is on here previously to talk about how to do rail fanning or rail scanning in his home state of Wisconsin. But before we get into the conversation this week, I just want to remind you that next week I'm answering your scanner radio questions. And I need scanner radio questions to keep doing those kinds of podcast episodes. So if you've got a question, make sure you dial 516-308-2885 or you can leave us a email or you can also go to scannerschool.com slash ask and ask our question that way. But today we are here to talk to Joe. And again, Joe is going to explain how he personally uses multiple scanner radios. And it was good to pick his brain to find out, you know, first of all, how he uses them, but uh, also to compare how I might also use them in different types of situations. So uh, one thing that did come to light, though, which was very interesting to discuss, though, and to find out was that Joe's neighborhood was pretty much in the news at the end of last year and really not for a good thing there was there was a major news event that happened unfortunately and it happened right outside basically his front door fortunately for joe he wasn't home at the time but also unfortunately for joe he wasn't home at the time either because it took him forever and a day basically to get back to his home but had he had been home he would have he he's explained how he also would have used the radios that were in uh, in his house to keep track and again how we use multiple radios can really enhance how we enjoy the scanner radio hobby. And speaking of hobbies, last week I was kind of pulling back a little bit behind the curtain over here to tell you what it's up or what I'm up to when it comes to the radio hobby. And we'll call it just the radio hobby in general because a lot of what I do here is not necessarily tied into just into just scanning, but uh, a lot of it is. So what have I been up to over here? Well, I... Um, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, you know I had a lot going on here. We just basically continue to do that. So I received my information from the Civilian Weather Observation Program, and now I just need to take down my APRS, uh, basically my APRS injection, so that I can get right onto the CWOP platform directly from my weather station here. I just need to read up on a couple documents and how to do that. Maybe I'll make a quick video and show you how that process is done with my weather station if you guys want to see it. I've been doing TikToks all week on Scanner Radio Hobby. I've been really focusing on the Whistler TRX-1 radio this week. And uh, maybe we'll start a new segment, too, on Radio of the Week, which is what I'm actually using for the week. So if you want to see more about that, make sure you check out uh, our TikTok videos over at, uh, I guess, scannerschool.com slash TikTok. 
TikTok, TikTok, and uh, we have the same type of content, trying to put the same kind of content over on YouTube Shorts and also our Instagram Reels. So if you follow us on one of those platforms, you should get that as well. Also, what we're working on over here is just continuing to play around with the MMDVM hop spot we set up for, for DMR. And uh, just to backtrack again a little bit too, talking about the... Uh, the APRS injection with my weather station. Just want to take note to that uh, Bob Brun- Bruninga. I, I I really just butchered his last name, which is a shame because uh, he just passed away. And and Bob, it was uh, WB4 APR. He was basically the godfather, the inventor or the architect of the APRS protocol that a lot of us use to send out bulletins or information, even do tracking events and stuff like that over packet radio in the amateur radio network. So Bob was uh, very critical to a very big part of the radio hobby. He was 73 years old and he certainly will be missed. And uh, he leaves a very long legacy behind him. So if you haven't checked out APRS, I definitely recommend you checking out if you're an amateur radio operator. If you're not an amateur radio operator, also check out APRS because it's fun to play around with on the receive side. If you want to learn more about APRS, check out APRS.FI to see what kind of information is being beaconed around you at all times. It's, it's pretty cool to see what's out there. But again, I've been playing around with my MMDVM hotspot. We've been uh, playing around with a little bit of DMR. I actually just keyed up the radio today, so I'm officially back on the air which is really cool. And um, don't forget, too, if you've got a TGIF hotspot, you could check out their Scanner Junkies. That is the third Sunday of every month, and uh, Kenneth Fowler rates that as well. You can find out more information over on our Discord server or over on their Facebook page, and we'll make sure we post a uh, an update to there as well. So with that, we're going to jump right into the, uh, the interview, or I hate saying interview, the conversation with Joe in just a second. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early, and also you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C, Danny Crowdy, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, 
Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Perry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Cummings, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming back on the podcast today. Really appreciate you coming back here for a second time. And again, today's topic is completely 100% your idea. So I really appreciate you coming uh, coming here and uh, bringing this topic to the podcast today. Uh, you're welcome, Phil. I have a, I'm more than honored to come back on the podcast. So just as a refresher, you were uh, you were on podcast 112, which was rail scanning. So we know that you are uh, are big into that. But just for anybody who didn't listen to that podcast episode, why don't you run through a, a real quick summary of, uh, you know, what it is that you do with the scanner radio hobby and, uh, you know, the stuff that you enjoy to uh, enjoy monitoring. Uh, yeah. So um, my name is Joe Curtis. I'm, I am a ham operator or ham radio operator. My call sign is KD9CXU, Kilo Delta Niner, Charlie XO Uniform. I've uh, been a licensed ham since uh, 2015, so about seven years. Kind of got out of the ham radio hobby, but is starting to kind of creep back into the to the hobby. So that's one area of the hobby that uh, kind of coexists with the scanner hobby. They kind of go two and two, and then rail fanning kind of goes with it with scanner as well. So you can kind of go all over the place and within the hobbies, they kind of all kind of coexist with each other so i kind of got into the scanning hobby when i was a teenager so probably about 20 25 years ago had a 20 channel realistic scanner that um, had 20 channels and i used to listen to the public safety in my city and then i'm about 15 miles to the east or correction west of the city of milwaukee and milwaukee county I live in Waukesha County. The next county over is Milwaukee County. And uh, Milwaukee used to be on a um, UHF system for the police analog. So the 460 range, they had about 15, 16 channels. And it was always hopping. Busy things going on all the time. And that kind of intrigued me into listening to the police and then the fire and then my local municipality, which was on VHF at the time, and then kind of got out of it for about a year or two because then um, our our county as a whole went to type 2 Motorola Trunks 800 system, and then I didn't really have a scanner at the time. And then finally, I got enough money saved up and bought a, a Pro 94, a Radio Shack Pro 94. Um, and then, uh, 2052, I believe. So yeah, I, I've been in the hobby for quite a while and a lot of things have changed. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds that way. I mean, being in probably at the same time frame, I got in, I don't know. I mean, I, I always had a, a scanner in the background, but, uh, getting the ham radio hobby around 92 or so, but yeah, a lot has changed. Even, you know, you, you look back at just, the. The technologies have changed, and and where people are, and and you know the different systems that that they're on. I mean, when I think when 
most likely when I started with my dad listening before I was old to really know what I was listening to. I'm sure that our local county PD was on, I think it was 37 or 39 megahertz. Then they moved up to, to UHF and then now they're on a completely encrypted trunk system. So I'm sure the same thing kind of sort of happened over by you with, uh, through how long you've been listening to as well. Uh, yeah. So my area was completely VHF and then they went, to a Type 2 Motorola system, the county, and then all the municipalities in the county joined that system for the most part. And then they, about five years ago, they started building out a, a P25 system. Waukesha County is the county I live in, and Milwaukee County decided to go in together and build a Motorola P25 Phase 1 system together. And yeah, now it's a P25 regional system. And now there is a statewide system here in the, in the state of Wisconsin, but not very many municipalities and agencies are on it. Just the state patrol and a couple municipal departments as a whole, but not very many departments are on that system. Uh, but they just probably within the last several months, just um, did an, a request for proposal to build a new statewide system with seven and eight hundred megahertz. I believe right now it's mostly VHF, um, and there's kind of an interesting thing with the state of Wisconsin. What they did with the statewide system, since there wasn't enough VHF frequencies allocated, they actually did a, like a MOU, a memorandum of understanding with the federal government. So some of the control channels are like in the 139, 140 military band, I believe, is what that band is used for, if I'm not mistaken. So some of those frequencies are on the 139, 140. But um, like in here in the metro area, there's a couple of 800 sites, um, but nothing simulcast. Our system here, um, our regional system simulcast. And there's two sites, one for Milwaukee County, one for Waukesha County. And a lot of people get sites mixed up with towers. So there's there's quite a few towers here on the Waukesha side. There's about nine or ten towers. So they're all transmitting at the same time on that given frequency, which then causes havoc on your older scanners and then but it's considered one site so right i know sometimes right. people get kind of confused by site and towers so yeah that's, that's one of the things that uh I've, i have bookmarked here to talk about on the podcast is the difference between a site like a legacy site and then the way it's written down in, in radio reference or in uh in the scanners where it says site but it's technically you're yeah. right it's it's not a site it's a it's a system of transmitter locations that all Correct. transmit together as a complete site as as yeah. one complete network it, of you know it's 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 it, 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 you have to understand the different definition it's like it's like the old thing it depends how what the definition of is is you know it's right. it's, it's how you're going to define the word site so exactly so yeah yeah, it took me a little bit of time to kind of understand that, that we'll grasp that, that concept. But uh, once I, I understood it, it was like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. And like here in, in, in Waukesha County, I can barely 
get the Milwaukee site and vice versa. Like, well, we're a little bit higher. So in, in Milwaukee County, um, I do get the, the Waukesha site fairly good, but it's kind of, it's kind of hit and missed with the Milwaukee site from here in Waukesha. And that's about 15 miles. Um, so, so yeah. So it sounds like though you got you got a lot of options on stuff you you could listen to in a, diff, a couple of different networks. I don't remember if we said it before before we started hitting record here or afterwards, but uh, so you've got you've got an analog system that was VHF, then it went UHF, then there's something now it's uh, MACOM, which is unmonitorable. You've got the type or the P25 system you've got to set up there. Plus you listen to Rails, so we know that ahead of time from your previous yeah. uh, conversation here. Yeah. So let's let's get on to uh, what we were what, what you proposed that we talked about today, and that was uh, was it listening to the use of multiple scanners, right? And how you've got different things set up on yours. And I, I think I talked about this on the podcast maybe a while back or so, but you know it's it's always great to not only bring things back up to the surface again because people come and go out of the podcast, and very few people will go back and listen to the entire catalog. For those that do, I, I feel bad for you. But for uh, for anybody else, it's also good to to get a different perspective and a point of view, just to see like it's, it's you know this is how I do, it, but this is how Joe you would do it. So uh, let's let's start diving into that. You know what what is uh, first of all, what is it that you you currently have set up that you're able to monitor uh, different things on different receivers? I mean, what's what's the uh, what's it look like? What's the landscape look like uh, by you? Yeah, so yeah, definitely. There's um, a lot of different systems here in southeastern Wisconsin. So, um, which I mean, if you have one scanner and that's all you can afford, that's fine. You know, there's it's a hobby, so you kind of grow with it. And you know, as as you kind of grow, you can add more radios. And I've been at times where I've gotten rid of some of the stuff and I kind of wish, oh, I wish I didn't get rid of that, you know, so, but I have, I have a Unication G4 that primarily I use for public safety. So here in, in my area where the fire and police are unencrypted, which a lot of areas, unfortunately, you've gone over it. What happens when my agency goes encrypted? Well, you try to find something else to listen to. But here, here in my area, uh, both police and fire are unencrypted. So some of the like the tactical, the talk around channels, the sensitive stuff is is encrypted. There are a couple agencies in Milwaukee that are encrypted. A university police department and mostly all the sheriff's department talk groups are encrypted, except for. Um, like the main highway patrol, um, they patrol the freeways and stuff. And then the airports, they patrol the airports so that those two are unencrypted, but most everything else is encrypted on that. But mostly everything else is in the clear. So I use that communication G4 to primarily listen to public safety. Um, and then I do have an SDS 100, um, which is kind of my go-to scanner, um, where I have a little bit of everything in there. I used to usually listen to my my county on that. If something big happens, then I have both the Unication and the SDS 100. And then I have a BC125AT, which is a basic analog scanner 
that I listen to analog transmissions. Uh, actually, here in southeast Wisconsin, we have quite a few counties still in the met or the surrounding area that are still analog. The county west of me, Jefferson County, is all analog. So they're still on an analog VHF. The county kind of southwest of me is on a UHF for fire and then 800 for the sheriffs and police. Uh, they The 125 AT can't get the 800 band on there, but I can get the UHF. The county south of me has uh, VHF for police, but they probably will be going P25 conventional soon because uh, Racine, that's Racine County. Uh, they're, the large city of Racine is P25 encrypted conventional. But uh, so, yeah, there's uh, a lot of different systems around me that I can listen to. So. Right. And when you say analog, too, on that, right, you're talking strictly conventional analog, obviously, because the 125 won't do trunking. And that's that's something we got to touch on, too, a little bit. Right. So you, you can have Correct. digital trunking and you have analog trunking and analog trunking is starting to become the dinosaur. It's 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 really everywhere you look is it's getting phased out left and right. So which makes a lot of sense because you've got more uh, more uh, frequency use or uh, trying to think of the right way to say here, uh, more spectrum efficiency. And yep. you can double up your capacity once you once you roll over to a digital network. So exactly, yep. It, but uh, so you got just the three then, huh? That's it: the G four, the uh, SDS one hundred, and the BC one twenty five AT. And then I do have a an Etone DMR HT for my ham radio. I did have a couple of Yezus, but um, decided kind of part way when I got out of the ham radio hobby about uh, five years ago. So then I just got a HT just now. Um, and then a lot of times you, you'll see people come and go in the hobby, you know, as life, we all have life events and I had kids and, and a wife and stuff. So I, my hobby kind of got put on the back burner. So I kind of got out of the ham radio hobby and still kind of listen to the scanners. And now I'm starting to kind of get back into that ham radios as i have time so right and that's that's always the great thing about the hobby too right it's it's always there when you're ready to come back to it so mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. okay look at yep. it so but i like the way you, you set things up here right so again to summarize you said the g force for public safety and p25 trunking that you have in your in your neck of the woods up on the 700 800 your sds right that's your go-to scanner because it's the most flexible scanner you have in in uh the most flexible radio that you have on this list here it'll do from I think 25 megahertz up to 1.3 gig more or, or give or take. You you can get the, all the trunk systems basically for LTR, EDAX, Motorola Type 1, Type 2. You can do P25, Phase 1, Phase 2. And then if you decide you need to grow into that, and you know I don't know if you did it, but there's always the option to add in DMR and uh, NXDN into it if you had to do that as well. Plus you've got the whole radio reference database in there. So you really could whatever you needed to do on that radio. It's kind of your Swiss army knife. And then we go back to specialty radios, right? And we can say, well, the 125A2, AT, well, you know, that's just analog. No, it's, it's a specialty radio, right? Because it is analog only. So you only have certain things in there. And I think it's only 500 channels. So to, to, to grab that radio, right? You really limited, you can't put everything on the sun in there. That's analog. So 
and again, having that any tone now saves you because instead of putting in ham radio into the BC one twenty five AT or tying up memory channels in there, now you've got a dedicated radio. So you're really starting to, and again, just because you have all these four radios, well, more or less, I was going to say, it doesn't mean you can't duplicate or triplicate or even put through all of them the same things, but you can't because the G4 won't do what the 125 can do and the 125 won't do what the G4 can do. And so you kind of, you have your bases covered here as far as what you can do with them. So on a typical day, right, how, how are you using the radios? I mean, do you have them all on at once or are you just picking one radio for 90% of your, of the time or what is, uh, when you do have some free time away from the kids and, and, and work and the wife and everything else like that, let's, let's, let's look at it this way. What on your day to day, when you, when, when there's daily chaos going on in your life, what radio or radios do you normally have turned on in the background or foreground? Uh, usually I, I have my 125 to G4. And then if I'm out and about, uh, I'm usually my SDS. But my, my go-to scanner is my, my SDS, um, and then usually I'll have my 125 if, if I'm listening to or interested in going out, like, watching trains. If I'm going out watching trains, that's, that's my, that's my train, that's my, basically my train, my train scanner for rail fanning, um, is my 125, but might change once I get my Anytone programmed, I might, Put the, some of the rail frequencies in that since it's going to be a little bit more sensitive since it's got a, a better receiver in it. So uh, I might make some changes there, uh, but we'll see. You know, it's it's just kind of experiment. What works best for you might not work for someone else, but yeah. And that's just part of the hobby, just having fun and experimenting, changing things. So yeah, that's that's what I I like to do. And then sometimes I'll be in the mood. To to listen to some business traffic we still have a couple of ltr systems in the area so i'll throw that on on the on the sds 100 i do have the nxdn and the dmr upgrades on it so sometimes i'll like hmm, maybe i'll throw in uh, uh or i'll bring up the the local university is on a on a dmr conventional system so they'll They'll be talking on that. The hospital is on an NXDN conventional frequency, so sometimes I'll I'll listen to that. So it's just kind of what I I'm in the mood for. But primarily, I listen to a lot of public safety. That's my main thing I listen to. So that's kind of a day in a nutshell. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost one hundred dollars a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process and this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com support.
Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsack and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Home, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For all full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. So typically you're not just, I mean, unless it's the SCS 100 that you're grabbing to go, you, you typically have everything on at once then. You're, you really are multi, multitasking with the radios then. I mean, that's, that's yes, the way. Yes, I mean, a lot of times I'll have the 125 off, but if like um, something, like something hits the fan, I'll have them all on. A lot of people might have heard of Waukesha. Um, we were in the we were in the spotlight fairly recently, a, right? Yep, in in November, you might have heard that somebody decided to take their vehicle and drive it through our our Waukesha holiday parade. It was uh, horrific. Six people tragically passed away because of that incident, and I had my unication going i had the sds going and it happened the car drove right in front of my house oh really the cop was the cop was trying to pound on the pound on the hood of the vehicle to stop him and he just kept driving so it was extremely chaotic and extremely sad what happened so when when something like that happens you turn the scanner on, everyone's asking what's going on, what's going on. Um, you know, somebody, somebody hit a beat or if someone had drove through the parade, 
And so it was just, it was insanely chaotic, but very well organized by the police and fire departments. So. Right. Right. And it's, it's interesting. So when I, when I, I heard about that on the news, I was wondering, you know, how close you were to that. Cause we've talked in the past and I'm thinking to myself, it's gotta be a, you know, a, a big place. Chances are that it wasn't near you, but to find out now that it's it basically went down your street, that's, uh, that's a little close. Yeah, it was extremely close for comfort. You know, you never yeah. think that that's going to happen here. You know, you always hear about things happening in other places, but for it to happen on in front of your eyes and on the street that you live on is extremely, you can't even put words to describe what, what, what happened. So, um, yeah, Waukesha, um, the city is about 75 about 75,000 people. So pretty moderate sized city. And then the next largest city in the area is, is Milwaukee, but um, the whole metro area is about, about a million and a half people. So quite a few people, pretty well populated area, but nothing like New York where we're all piled on to one of each other and stuff yeah. like that so <laughs> a little too close for comfort so well, yeah. so this this kind of tails into what i was uh gonna bring up too so i was gonna ask you you know the benefits right of having multiple scanners and and again a lot, of, a lot of people ask you know why do i want more than one radio and just what you talked about here is something that would being able to keep track of what's going on and monitor it and having multiple radios like you had here the benefit is basically right you can leave one radio parked on something that you know is something you want to listen to and and you could dedicate one radio to monitoring maybe that one talk group or that one dispatch or maybe a pair of right dispatch channels or something like that and then you can leave right other radios on in the background that might be a tactical channel or the helicopter, you know, aviation or, or some, or even the fire or medics or something like that. So when that was all going on, not to bring any trauma to you to go through it or all, but I mean, we can talk about it if, if you want, if you don't want to, that's fine as well. But you know, when, when you found this was all going on, were you, you were listening to it live, right? You said you were listening to it, to it yeah, going on. Yeah. I was listening. I had my scanner with me and basically yeah, it was our typically our our holiday parade is is a pretty big parade. Usually there's about 80 to 100 participants, so and it brings out a ton of people. And so you yeah, were I'm, I'm more, you were home then or you were out at, the, at at you were out then. I was out and about for a little bit and then it happened right in front of our house and I was trying to get back home and unfortunately I couldn't get back home, but I was out and about and then I had heard the I heard the officers calling out that there was a vehicle that got on the parade route and then basically it had started hitting people and then um, I heard the officers just screaming off across the radio that people are down casualties and then after that I was like oh my god it's like you can't even put words to describe right. what you're hearing on the radio and this is happening in real time actually as the radio or as the officers are calling in and the dispatchers did just a fantastic job um here in here in waukesha uh, the city's dispatched by itself the city of waukesha dispatches itself so for police and fire and then 
Uh, we have a consolidated dispatch center for the county, which handles quite a few of the other municipalities for county. So both both dispatch centers were working just phenomenally to dispatch out other police agencies, fire fire apparatus, ambulances. They did. Uh, we have a we have a system here in Wisconsin called Mabus. So it's uh, it stands for Mutual Aid Box Alarm System. It's where they have mutual aid uh, with other fire departments, and they're all written down, predetermined for predetermined events. So then all the dispatcher has to do is bring it up on their screen, and then they can start dispatching out the agencies and uh, the county. And the city used the uh, automated dispatching, but I believe on that night they were they were also using uh, human human traffic or human dispatcher to page out the out the fire departments. So, but yeah, it was just I had never seen so many police fire just all he- coming in with lights and siren. It was just sirens after after another after another um i just never seen anything like it before so i, I couldn't imagine and that was so the parade route then was down your street i thought before you were saying that uh, the car had exited the play, parade route and they went down you know into the pursuit down your street but uh, the well, route was what actually happened, what happened was the vehicle there was some media reports that the police were chasing the vehicle that was inaccurate the, the police were never chasing the vehicle so a lot of people were got misinformation, but basically I had listened to the radio and, uh, we have reserve officers here and I was actually at one time a reserve officer. So I have actually worked traffic posts for this parade about 15 years ago. I left the uh, reserves just because I didn't have enough time to volunteer, but, uh, they're unarmed. They're not sworn. So they don't carry any weapons or anything but one of the reserve officers had radioed out that uh there was a fight at a a park uh we have a a river that goes through the city the fox river and there was a fight and uh, basically this person fled that that fight and went around the squads and right in front of my house is where they staged the parade route so mm-hmm. they have floats people are gathered and so the officer was pounding on the on the vehicle to stop it, and then it continued down the parade route. And I know a lot of people have probably seen the pictures. The main main street is basically the main street that goes through our downtown, and that was the street that the the vehicle was hitting people on was Main Street here in downtown uh, Waukesha. So yeah, that was that was the. The event and an officer did open fire but didn't end up hitting the subject just trying to stop him from from continuing and he ended up backing his vehicle into a residence and fleeing on foot and then they did end up finally arresting him and he is currently in jail going through the the court proceedings so he was caught and uh facing life life in prison for for what he did so it's that's a 
it's a crazy, crazy story. Again, it's, it's something you don't expect to have happen on uh, in your town or even on your street. So let's let's take a step back on that, though. So mm-hmm. you were out and about. So <laughs> a long way to get to the question I was going to ask. But I'm glad you glad you shared the story with us to kind of paint the picture yeah. of how how real sometimes it is when you listen to the scanner. Like you don't expect. Yeah. Sometimes it's all entertainment until it really becomes like a jaw-dropping thing. And I think a lot of us have been down that path, too. I mean, I, I've listened to plenty of calls on, on the radio that ended out with, unfortunately, friendly fire and uh, mm-hmm. and fatalities and stuff like that. And you just like in places that you know. But uh, so let's let's play a little imaginary game here. Let's pretend you were home, okay, when this was all going on and you did have all of your radios with you. How would you have broken things down so it would have made it easier for you to monitor what was going on? Like, how would you have set up, like, what would you have done with each radio so that you could have listened to this activity with a little bit more detail? Yeah, so the 125 uh, would have actually came in handy, even though we're on a P25 trunked system. Our county fire paging is on a DHF frequency. And then they patch it into a talk group on the Oasis system. So I probably would have left that one parked on the DHF 154-430 frequency to listen to the out-of-city, like the external Mm -hmm. fire departments getting paged out. Mutual aid, okay. Yep. So yeah, that's the county. And then here in the city, I I actually had my favorite list for the city just going so i didn't i wasn't monitoring any other other county traffic i just had it parked on the city fire and police listening to them and then i had the unication on the county system or the county talk groups to hear the incoming county units and then um, i believe if i remember right they they finally kind of switched over to an interop channel if I remember right, so that then everyone could kind of talk to one e- one another. But uh, a lot of the surrounding departments do have uh, the city channels, so they could they could theoretically still talk on the main dispatch talk group, even though they're not in the city. So. Right. And again, this is the benefits of having multiple radios, right? It was the ability to be flexible, keep an ear on something that is that is basically happening and unfolding real time and then not missing that transmission. Cause again, if you only had one scanner, again, there's nothing wrong with only owning one scanner. Correct. Plenty, plenty of people. I mean, either you start there or you remain with only one radio. And, uh, once you, like I said, once you put that radio and scan, the, the chances of missing a, uh, a conversation or a transmission or something urgent that goes out over another frequency increases, especially when that scanner stops on another transmission. So, to have a couple of radios with smaller scan lists in them or to have one radio parked on one frequency, I think, um, you know, that that's when you start to see the benefit on it. And uh, I'm really surprised, Joe, when, when I look at the list of scanners and radios you said you had here that you failed to mention any any Baofeng radios. I actually have it written right here, and I put a question mark next to it. So you did not go down that path, or did you go down that path, and you're just ashamed to say it? <laughs> I actually can say that I did own a, a Baofeng at one time. Uh, <laughs> but you don't uh, anymore, did, huh? <laughs> I did not have, I do not have the Baofeng anymore. I I held on to it for maybe 
six months and it, uh-huh. um, it was 35 bucks and it just wasn't working as I wanted it. And it's extremely slow. Yeah. Oh when, yeah. Yeah. When, 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 when you're scanning through the channels, uh, it's, it's, it's slow. I mean, it just, your, your scanner can go through, through a, a cycle of frequencies, you know, three, four times before it, before it can even scan through some 10, 15, 20 channels. It's just extremely slow. So yes, right. I, there's no I lockout. Yep. That's, and that's the other problem. So yeah, I did, I did have a bow thing at one time, but I do not uh, have a bow thing anymore. So, okay. Cause that, that was kind of like one of those things I was surprised too, because, uh, you know, you mentioned 154.34 and that frequency sticks out because that's an old FDNY VHF dispatch channel. But, uh, uh, just even thinking like if you had that extra Baofeng laying around there, you could just pop that in the VFO or had that already in a memory channel and you could just dedicate that cheapo radio just to that one channel mm-hmm. also and then gone on with the other radios and, you know, monitor. I mean, you could have been thrown in, you know, on the 125 helicopters, right, for the uh, for the media, right? Because I'm sure they were overhead as well and, and, and you would have been able to pick them up. At least here they're on the, the, the 450, yeah. 460 business band and even using it as a close call radio just to see what else is out there and just to sniff out any any other conventional or analog activity. Yeah, to kind of talk about the media, I went down there a little uh, the next day. They had the whole downtown area closed off for at least, I'd say, 24, probably even 36 hours because they had to obviously do the reconstruction, have crime scene. Mm-hmm. forensics and all that to just map out exactly what all went down but the media is we're about 90 miles from chicago numerous chicago media came chicago media helicopter came here in milwaukee only one station still has a helicopter uh, that's the abc affiliate channel 12 um, they still have a helicopter so that helicopter was flying uh, and then uh, one of the chicago area affiliates i'm not sure which one off the top of my head but they they came up and was were flying around and then numerous national media all the there was just cameras everywhere you looked um i did do some try to find some media frequencies i didn't really hear much i did um i one of the local affiliates still uses uh i think a 450 frequency for a remote but other than that they were all on their cell phones and that's pretty much all kind of gone away that from what i could tell but yeah the media was just it was i've never seen so much media in my life so yeah well you had you had national attention so that's that also adds into it so yeah very 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 interesting you know rf environment once you have all those people swarming in i mean it gives you an, an opportunity to pick up things you normally wouldn't have Mm-hmm. picked up and Correct. also gives you the opportunity to reflect back on it going oh, i should have listened to that or i should have found out this or i i, I could have looked for that you know mm-hmm. there's always those could have would have should have so yeah there's been um there's been a couple of incidents that i did do some kind of i'd say i wasn't a, a stringer because i didn't sell the photos but i did uh submit some of the photos from some previous incidents here in, in wisconsin we did have a, a mass shooting about 10 years ago at a, at a Sikh temple. Um, that was about 2012, I think. So about 10 years ago. And, uh, I did submit some of the photos and on that particular, I had, uh, 
it was one of the older scanners, probably a BC 396. I did uh, have uh, some channels in there and um, I was just doing some searching when I was in my vehicle and I actually heard some of the federal uh, because the FBI was investigating that and I heard some of the federal stuff for that and that was kind of like oh wow kind of your eyes popped and like wow this this is actually pretty serious and yeah that incident I believe um, yeah it was it was all over the all over the news but yeah so you just never know what's going to happen and the scanner actually became a lifeline tool for for my family i i told my wife and my kids to get in the house lock the doors and because they weren't sure where the where the suspect was at the time so they had SWAT teams looking for them so it was it was a good two three hours before they they were able to get the all clear and um, tell people that they could come back out. So um, I, it became a kind of a, a handy tool for knowing what was going on. So, Right. I've, I've heard kind of stories like that before too, right? Where, where uh scanner at least gives you the heads up that it's time to, to stay in and, and, and uh, seek shelter basically. So definitely a, a, twist and a turn here Joe on uh, what I was expecting to talk about I was expecting more to stick on like you know how you had multiple scanners set up and here we are going mm-hmm. down this little tragic path of, uh, of of what's been going on in, in uh, where you are so um, is there anything else that you want to bring up or or talk about when it comes to using multiple scanners or any tips that you have or, or anything else or suggestions before we uh, part ways yeah I mean just you know, if if you only can afford one radio, that's fine. I mean, this is this is a hobby, and that's what I treat it as. I'm having fun listening to different things, and you just kind of go with the flow. And I do a lot of searching as well. I didn't bring that up, but I I like searching for new frequencies. I kind of I have a a, a premium s- a subscription to Radio Reference, so. Usually once once a week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week, I'll I'll just kind of pull up radio reference, and um, there's a section where they have FCC variants that pop up, and sometimes I'll throw some of those frequencies in to see if there's any activity on them, and if there is, I'm a pretty I like submitting stuff just so that other people know what's out there. I found some business frequencies. I found an active DMR channel at one of the distribution centers for, I think it was FedEx. So I was able to get the, the color code and provide some information about that. And so, yeah, I mean, just if you have multiple scanners, just just use them. Even old older scanners, a lot of people have old scanners that are just sitting collecting dust. Just take it out and some of those older scanners will still still serve a purpose even in this day and age where a lot of stuff is digital, P25, NXDN, DMR. There's still a lot of stuff out there. Aviation still analog. Railroads for the time being are still all pretty much analog. And so, yeah, you can definitely find interesting stuff out there if you search for frequencies. 
So. Exactly. And that's, that's where the secrets are. The secrets yep. are always in the searches. So yep. that's, uh, and again, that's part of the hobby that to me is one of the fun pieces. And again, we're not even talking about like, you know, when, when you search, you know, just put the radio in the search mode between, between certain things, but even going through a trunk system and searching out new talk groups or radio IDs. I mean, I like to go in there and I like to document everything. And, uh, mm -hmm. I know, uh, there's a, another, uh, listener out there, Glenn, who I have a lot of conversations with over on discord and through Patreon and, uh, Glenn's the same way I am. It's, it's, uh, he got a brand new trunk system and, and he went right to it. He's what, what, what's on the system? What radios are out here? Can I map this thing out? And uh, he's been just gun ho on on going through all of that activity on the trunk system and, and searching it out. So is and that's how he's mapping out all the encrypted talk groups too, because he finds a radio that's on an unencrypted talk group. He knows it's a PD talk group, and then he sees the same radio on another talk group that's encrypted. He goes, "Well, that's a PD encrypted talk group." So yep. it uh, you know just searching stuff out like that. So just because it's an encrypted system or encrypted talk group doesn't mean you still can't figure out, you know, what's going on. So especially if you see a lot of different radios that are showing up on a particular talk group, you know, you know, the, the yogurt's hitting the fan basically if, uh, if, if you see a lot of different units show up on an, on an op channel or, or something yeah. like that. So it's, yeah, uh, I, I leave, I leave my scanners pretty much in ID search mode all the time. Just so in case there's a new talk group that pops up, um, like on the Milwaukee site, there's these two talk groups that kept popping up and they were encrypted. Well, I was able to figure out that I then posted on radio reference on the forums, like, does anyone know what's going on with these two encrypted talk groups? Well, someone with some knowledge with the system posted, yeah, those, those two talk groups are for uh, Marquette University police so they're fully encrypted but just to figure that out was kind of satisfying they were actually on a nxdn encrypted trunk system just for the university and then they decided to get off of that system and go to the regional p25 system so yeah it's it's all you know searching around looking for different uh radio ids i was kind of trying to find the radio ids trying to see hmm you know it's just it's trying to like it's a puzzle which can be trying to figure out what agency is that and what agency is this i find it kind of fun just trying to figure out what 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 agencies are are on on trunk systems and stuff so yep yeah it's it's uh a lot, as I said, it's a lot out there to try and discover and peeling back onions and any other type of uh, analogy or you know comparison you want to come up with. So, Joe, this was a great conversation. A again, I mean, it it definitely took a turn for a little bit there. I wasn't really expecting the, to uh, to uh, have a conversation about national news actually going down your street and all that. I was, I was surprised to hear it was that close to you. But all in all, though, it's it's always good to hear, though, not only from you, but how other people have their radios set up. And uh, like you said, it's you, you look at, at what you have in front of you right now, right? You've got an SDS-100. It's a higher higher end radio, but it suits your needs, right? You've got something that's going to do all the trunk systems, analog, digital, P25, NXDN. That's your Swiss Army knife. Then you got your specialty radio, your G4, and then you've got your analog kind of like fill in the gaps type of radio. 
And now you've got another fill in the gap radio, which is the Anytone. So it's the ability to, for somebody to come in and uh, and grab a couple extra radios. And again, there's, there's I poke fun at them, but really there's nothing super seriously wrong about having a Baofeng, especially if it allows you now to have that extra radio and that extra pair of ears or the ability to to sit there and, and monitor one or actually two extra frequencies because the Baofeng has two VFOs in it, which I wish a scanner radio would have. But yeah, I mean, the ability to have one radio is is great, but once you start really adding in, you're multiplying your enjoyment of the hobby is, is really a good way to say it. So, Joe, I want to want to thank you again for uh, for bringing this podcast episode to uh, to our attention and and coming forward and this 100 percent your idea. So I really do appreciate you, you know, having having this idea and coming forward and and bringing it to uh, to everybody to to uh, be a part of. Your, your pleasure, Phil. I know uh, I think you had done an episode like this uh, before talking about what to do with old scanners and if you own several scanners, a scanner is a tool. You know, so when somebody asks, why do you have so many scanners? Well, one scanner's for this, one scanner's for that. And, you know, some some people have all sorts of stuff. So, yep. but yeah, so. It was my pleasure to talk about this this subject, and uh, I hope to maybe be on the podcast again another time. So yeah, well, anytime you want to come back, Joe, the door is always open. And again, just do the same way you did, right? Just go to the website, click on "Be a Guest," fill out the calendar, and uh, here we are. Actually, a day later, you filled it out yep. last night, and and here we are. So yep. again, Joe, thanks again so much for being uh, being a guest on the podcast today. Uh, you're welcome, Phil. Joe, thank you for coming back onto the podcast this week and booking time with me via the website. I uh, I definitely enjoy having conversations with you. And again, if anybody else would like to be a guest on the podcast, I would love to have you on. It's it's really important for me to share not only what it is that I'm doing to help people learn about the scanner radio hobby, but also how other people are doing their own spin on what it is. Because again, we have to understand that it's not just one way of doing things, right? That was kind of what last week's podcast episode was, right? There's multiple ways to get things done and to understand that just because I am the one behind the microphone and I'm the one with the platform here doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. So if you're doing something, maybe if it's something we've already talked about, but some way that you're doing it differently that you'd like to share at the podcast, or if you have a topic or an idea that you would like to bring to the podcast that I haven't talked about yet, please send me an email or go right to the website and hover over the podcast link. And then from the drop down, you'll be uh, become a guest or be a guest. You can also go to scannerschool.com slash guest. That brings up a calendar and you can use that calendar to find a date and a time that is available for both of us. And then we can go on zoom and have a conversation and the rest is magical history. Don't forget next week is ask scanner school 516-308-2885 or drop an email, or also go to scannerschool.com slash ask to leave me a question. We'll catch you all again next week. Again, Joe, thanks again for being a guest on this podcast. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.